infinite pet Two best friends who love to chat Oh, what it's like to be an ant Those who ant Those who ant Hello! Welcome to Those Who Ant, a podcast to help you see the world through ant-colored glasses. Uh, my name is Aunt Pat. And I am Auntie Mags. And we are so happy to be chatting with you today. Except, Pat, I gotta tell you, I'm going through it right now. How's that? And you know, I bought some glasses online. My oldest niece helped me figure out how to do it, how to input my prescription. I've never had a baby. I have to imagine it was the same amount of pain to do that. To put your prescription in? To put the whole process of me ordering these glasses was like the worst. I'm going to show you these glasses right now. And if you can look at me and tell me with honesty in your heart that I don't look like a goddamn pervert, I'll fall over dead. These are pervert glasses. I'm so disappointed. I want to look like Parmela. What's her name from uh, Top Chef? Did you say Parmela? It's Parmela. Parmela Lay. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was Parmela Lake. Now I say it out loud. I think it's just not it. It doesn't sound right, but it's close. Okay. I thought I was going to look so cool. I look like a pervert. Well, you have a low bar for pervert. You look like you know a pervert and you switch glasses to dissuade that person from perverting on someone else. There's no way. Look at me dead in the eye right now and tell me these aren't pervert glasses. These are Jeffrey Dahmer glasses or something. Oh, it is Dahmer. These are BTK glasses at the very least. Oh, BTK. I see that too. See? But you know what? That's what's in. The 70s, lead in the air, serial killers. That's what's in right now. Yeah, but I don't want to look like that. I appreciate that it's out there in the ether. I don't want people to see me come in a grocery store and think that person's going to fake an injury and then trick me and push me into their car and then kill me and wear my skin like a suit or whatever. All right, well, follow-up question. What do you want people to think? I want people to think there is a lovely woman who I would like to get to know better, who I'd like to talk to about my problems, who I'd like to, oh, I don't know, take out to dinner. Would that be such a crime? Then it's context. You got to get context because glasses tell a story. It's like people open a book. They fill it with whatever nonsense in their head. You're a serial killer. Context is the only way for what you say to me for that to happen. People say you can't judge a book by its cover. I say if that book looks like a pervert, you absolutely should judge a book by its cover. What are you going to do with the glasses? Send them back? I got to send them back, which is another whole thing. How are you going to get the sticker for the box? I got to print a label. Oh, Lord, help me. I bought a printer. It's supposed to be a wireless printer. And I will be a son of a gun if I have ever gotten that thing to print once. I've never bought toner. Who's gotten that far? You buy toner when you've run out of it, and I've never used it. I found this picture of George Clooney that I thought, I'm going to print that out, put it on my fridge. ER, George Clooney, Dr. Ross. I get that. This way, when I go to open it up, and it's like, are you going to do that? You're going to have a snack right now? George Clooney's out there somewhere, and someday you might run into him. And even though you don't live in the same city or state, it could still happen. One fine day. Oh, what a film. Made me want to move to New York City for about one second. You know, I actually lived in New York City for three weeks and it was hell on earth. See? Just like a romantic comedy. We love this guest so much. Now, I know what you're thinking, listener, and there's probably only one of you. Don't they say that about everybody who comes on? This is a different kind of feeling. It's a different kind of situation. And this person is... Take a breath. Take a breath. You want to finish? Yeah. This person is... How would I describe them? Like if you go to a yard sale and you see something and you're like, are you selling this? And they say, yes, yeah, for sale. And then you just look at that person and you're like, I need that thing. And you can't believe that they're selling it. It's like that. You would never find this person at a yard sale because no one would ever let it go. It's Aunt Greenie. Hi, how are you? 
Greeny. I've done that. You ever gone to a yard sale? You got your eye on something. You think there's no way that they meant to put this out here. And you kind of walk it over, but and you're trying to do the negotiation. You know, you're trying to like, oh, is this for sale? And then that is, and you just think of what an idiot these people are. That's what I do. I go to a garage sale every Saturday and Sunday. I, I drive around and I look for signs. And then I go and I don't even bring money. I just go to judge people. You've had this crap in your house for how long? Disgusting. It's all dirty and covered in dust. And how many plastic cups from King Richard's Fair do you need? But then I look at some things and I'm like, you got no heart. You getting rid of this? You kidding me? You getting rid of all these pictures of your grandmother? All, all these pairs of bronze shoes? You're just going to give them to me and throw it away? Lazy. I agree. That is lazy. And that's how I feel. Have you ever gone to a thrift store and you find somebody's old photos? How little did this person mean to you that you would bring it to an antique store or just a goodwill for strangers to pick through? I one time found an urn that had ashes in it and no one batted at I. How much was it? Oh, it was like $7, but I talked down to 5 Oh, nice. But I thought, how dare you? So I bought the urn. I spread this person at a park and I went on with my life. But I'll tell you what. Well, yeah, I did negotiate. Sure. But I was like, there's no way that this person is going to. I could imagine some of those hipsters getting their hands on it and then using the ashes for something, you know, funny. You want to know something cool, though, I've heard with ashes? One of my dear friends, her father passed away and he was cremated. And she had his ashes put into ink and then she got a tattoo. And he is a part of her forever. And I think that's awesome. Do you really know this person? Or is this like an urban legend? This isn't like that thing where she got a tattoo and then she went back to a car and there was a hook on the door. Oh, I've heard that one. You got to be careful with stories like this. Unless I get a name and I can reference that name and I say, all right, I know that person. I am very skeptical. I got to say, Greeny, I love your skepticism. It's not negative skepticism. It's what they call healthy skepticism about the world around us. What that is is a fact check, and we don't have enough of that these days. Yeah, you got to check your facts. Check them. What are you doing? You believe in everything. Jack and the Beanstalk and JFK are the same story to you. I want to talk about both of those things because JFK fascinates me. Gorgeous Catholic prince. Very sexy. The older I get, the more I think that giant was right. Jack comes up this beanstalk trespassing. Okay, is it rude to say I smell the dirty blood of an Englishman? Which is, he didn't say dirty, but it's implied. Yeah, that's rude. But also, he's on his own property, and then the giant ends up dead for chasing a trespasser off his property? This is veering into stand your ground, and you wanted me to tell you when you did that next, and I'm telling you. You gotta be real mindful, and I say that from love, Megs. Back up the truck. There's not any stand your ground, because I didn't say the giant had any right to harm him. He shouldn't have come across those magic beans in the first place. He grows a beanstalk, climbs up trespasses, tries to steal a magic hop from this guy. That's not stand your ground. That's different. This hop was magical. It sang. How was the story of Jack and the Beanstalk any different from the story of Jack Fitzgerald Kennedy, right? He created a kingdom above the clouds where we were set to live. And then the FBI crawled up the Beanstalk one day and tried to steal the harp. What's the harp? Civil rights. I never realized the parallels before, but this is why we love you. Because you think, you don't just think outside the box. You think outside the wrapping paper. You think outside the bow. And that is a gift. You got to think outside the store before you go in to buy the box and everything else. 
when we met at that ground round, I knew that you were different because everyone else was throwing the shells on the ground. You were picking them up and putting them in a bag. And I thought, what's going on here? Yeah, I had a pet pig. Those are great food for pigs. Oh, God. That day at the ground round, I never had so much fun. I was out of my mind, free balloons and crayons for all the kids. I loved it. So you never know who you're going to find there. Agreed. And I think there's something to the type of person who can go into a place where other people work and just throw things on the ground. I never have been able to do that. I can't throw a peanut shell on the ground because if I wouldn't do it in my home, I won't do it at a restaurant where public health is an issue. I hope people are tipping when they're going to places where you throw things on the ground because I'm going to tell you something. Someone, a human, has to pick it up. Yeah. So I hope you're tipping 20, 30, 40% when you go somewhere where you think it's fun to throw the trash on the ground. Trash from your mouth. Ugh. Onto the ground. That was a night unlike any other. You're not just going there for a meal. You're going there for an experience. And when you leave, you've got a small plastic batting helmet of the team of your choice that you ate out of. Because that's what their dessert sundays come in. Oh, we know. Uh, <laughs> so you're coming out of there with a memory that you can put on your shelf and you can always go back to that moment. And if you have a cat, you can put the helmet on the cat. Now batting, number 32. This cat. This cat. I don't have a cat. I'm allergic. And frankly, I find cats to be selfish individuals. There's no such thing as a bomb sniffing cat. There's no such thing as a feline cop. And I think there's a type of person who accepts that level of selfishness in a pet. And there's a type of person who doesn't. I'm the type of person who doesn't accept it. I think that dogs were put here to make everybody better and happier and kinder. And if you have a dog and you don't use the dog to make yourself better, then then just go get a cat because you're selfish. What if cats just haven't had the same opportunities? What if that's on us, though, a little bit? Just devil's advocate this thing for me. What if cats can smell bombs better than dogs, but they're pissed because no one's ever asked? If nobody's ever asked them, that's one thing. If they're like, I can smell this and I'm choosing not to say something, what do we always say? If you see something, say something. But what if a cat says, hey, I know there's a bomb here, but I want your last few moments of life to be good, not panicked. That's ignorance. That's willful. What, what is that word? Cognitive... Oh, cognitive dancing. That's a cat that's doing cognitive dancing around a moral issue. Well, we took them from the woods and we forced them into a life where we keep them inside. This is our payment. Is that where cats come from? The woods? The forest. Tons of cats in the forest. You ever been through the forest? Everywhere you look, there's a cat. Wild cats. I've been to a couple national forests. I never saw one cat there. You weren't looking. The cats that live in the forest are the ones who can go undetected. Otherwise, they would have been caught and they would have been forced into labor, the home. Now, this story is so fun because you were at the ground round with your nieces and nephews, with your whole family. And I got to say, that was a crazy night because it didn't end, I think, the way that any of us thought it was going to end. No, it sure didn't. I didn't even know you when I first went there. Of course, you know that. Everybody tells me I need glasses. So I go down to Walgreens and I buy myself a pair of readers. If I lose them, I lose them. No big deal. But you can't see out of them. They're just for reading. But I figure that's good enough for me. I go to the ground round. I have a couple of Tia Maria's on ice. Oh, God, do I love those. And uh, one of my cousins says, we'll meet you in the car. I go and I sit in the car and it's your car. (laughs) You had locked it. Hadn't locked my car. I hadn't locked it. Turns out the fob hadn't been working for a long time. I think I'm locking it. I'm hitting the button. Nothing's happening. That's how I learned that. There you are in our car. And I thought, well, I'm getting robbed slowly and poorly. Yeah, by someone who can't see what she's doing. 
I was just sitting there and I was out of my mind. I'm thinking to myself, what are they doing in there? They said they were coming out. I'm thinking they're in the bathroom, they're on the floor, they're snorting cocaine. I don't know what they're up to. But then you just open the door to the car and you're just like, who are you? We get in there. Here's this kindly looking woman. You just have the most likable face. You know, you want to be scared, but then you're like, oh, well, who's this little cherub sitting in the front seat, blind as a bat? For a second, I was like, well, I'm in the wrong. You look so comfortable sitting in that car. And I thought, this is on me. But that's my initial reaction to most things is I'm somehow in the wrong here. I think a lot of women have that same thing, which is what did I do wrong? We need to stop that. It's not healthy. It's apology speak. And we all need to be like, uh, what's her name? Danny DeVito. The one who's like, baby, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Danny DeVito. Then we all need to be like Danny DeVito. We need, all need to say, wait, isn't Danny DeVito the one from Twins? You're thinking of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, now I get those two confused. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito? Yeah. The whole movie, I'm like, I can't tell them apart. Anyways, instead of being like, hey, what the hell? The three of us just looked at each other, and it was like a three's company where we knew some sort of wacky misunderstanding was about to go down, and we just started chatting. Oh, and well, also, I says to myself, thank God, thank God it was used to because my family left me. That's right. Yeah, they had left. I watched them when we were all sitting there chatting. Remember, I watched them come out and they came out, they got in their cars, they didn't look for me and they just left. It was wild. I could tell you had been distracted because we were talking, hit it off. Hitting it off. You're, wa- you're watching these people go, you know, and then they left. Well, now, I was confused why you didn't say nothing to us when you saw them leaving, but I was like, okay, all right. Truth be told, when you're drinking a good cup of tea, you don't stop sipping it, you know, and that's what that conversation was like for me. If you love something, let it go. If it comes back, it was meant to be. If it doesn't, then you met new friends at a ground round. Uh, that's the place you meet him. That's I think that's their slogan. Meet new friends at the ground round. Come round this ground where friendship is bound. It's very easy to follow that uh, narrative when you go there. They kind of place that friendship narrative right in your lap as soon as you walk in. It's like nothing's off limits here as far as fun goes. The only thing I don't like about it is that you pay what you weigh. And that's embarrassing for some of us. Are they still doing that? They should say pay what's on your license because that for me would be a whole different thing. They should say pay your aspirations. That'd be nice. Not quantitative, qualitative. What do you aspire to pay here today? That's a goal I can hit. You go with your girlfriends and you both get the chicken tenders. One of you is paying more. Not fair. That's awful. Pay what you weigh is disgusting. Pat and I used to work at the same place where the price of a cup of soup was whatever the temperature was for the day. Except it doesn't make sense. In the summer, soup's going to cost you more. That's so stupid. It punches the dumb. But also, you're never going to have soup in the continental United States that costs more than a dollar ten. Really? Maybe a dollar twenty-five. But if you go to Dubai, that soup's going to be through the roof. Astronomical prices in Dubai for soup. I bet they're eating a lot of gazpacho in Dubai. Oh, that's a good idea. Are women allowed soup in Dubai? They are. Have you seen the uh, Sex and the City 2? Yeah, which I did not like. I loved it. I saw Sex and the City 2 and I thought, who let Bruce Valanche write the screenplay to Sex and the City 2? Who did this to us? No offense, Bruce Valanche. She's done great work for Bette Midler. I love Bette Midler. For the boys. Beaches. <gasps> Stella. Hocus Pocus. I love all these movies. Big business. Uh, maybe we're forgetting one that is very important to our friend Pat, First Wives Club. 
Oh my God. First Wives Club. Huh. Oh my God. I just realized I'm in that. I'm in the First Wives Club. Yep. I mean, Ron hasn't got remarried, so I suppose. But it still makes me first, no matter what happens. No, no, no. In the movie, what's his face from Chia's doesn't marry Sarah Jessica Parker. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. He doesn't marry Sarah Jessica Parker. And then there's so many good people in that. Oh. That is Kala's husband in Chia's. And in real life, Kala's married to Danny DeVito. I'm Did- so glad they found each other. So little. Did they get divorced? I'm going to text my niece and tell her to Google it. Hold on. I think the fact that Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman are together speaks to the importance of being able to make eye contact with someone. If it's hard to make eye contact with someone, do it a height differential. It's harder. Rhea Perlman and Shaquille O'Neal, there's no connection. It's too hard. She's got to get on a couple of different stools or a counter or something. There's no real emotional connection, right? Or Shaquille has to bend down to her. And that's hard on him. When you say that, Granny, it really makes me think about you could make it work with someone you can't make natural eye contact with, but you're gonna have to work at it. Gotta work at it. Doesn't always match up. You have to look up or down, but looking down on someone is a danger. My niece texted back. I have bad news. What's the matter? Yes, she just took a screenshot and said, I'll teach you how to do this yourself next time. But she said, Perlman and DeVito separated in October 2012. However, in March 2013, it was reported that they had reconciled. The couple later separated again for a second time in March 2017 on amicable terms. Although the two no longer lived together, Perlman said she had no intention to divorce DeVito. So now what are they doing? What do you call this? I don't know. Children's limbo. Why child? All unbaptized babies go to limbo and you call it children's limbo. It's a terrible place. It's a hell. And the hell is created because your parents were lazy. You know, Ron used to tell me that people who weren't Christians, they couldn't go to heaven because they couldn't see the ladder. The ladder to heaven that only gets revealed to Christians like a Home Depot, but just for people who believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You know, that should have been a a warning sign. Like, look out. That's a red flag. If someone says only some people can see the ladder to heaven, I say get out. That's that's just what I think. I think if you're meant to go to heaven, if you're if you're a good person, let's take Greeny, for example, who doesn't wear glasses and me who got pervert glasses. What if we can't see the ladder because it's not visible because we have an astigmatism in both eyes or whatever your prescription is or you got pervert glasses and you don't want to wear them? Well, I got to be honest. This friendship's heaven and I didn't have my glasses on that day. And we drove you home. You drove me all the way home and I remember I couldn't find my house. It was a late night. It was a late night. I'm better at knowing what my house looks like from the inside than the out. You said that over and over because I knew you felt bad, and that made so much sense to me. I kept on showing you his pictures of my living room saying, I'm looking for this house. But it makes so much sense because, number one, the two of us were not in any way like, hurry up, lady, get out of the car. We were like, I hope she never finds a house. This is the most fun. And then we were like, how cute is that mantle? I love to have a Christmas tree up year round. Summertime, I decorate it with lighthouses and buoys. I love the beach. Oh my God, I'm down the Cape right now. Life's a beach. And then in the fall, I put apples on it and I put little pumpkin pies. Spring is Easter, Easter eggs. And then there's a downslope between spring and summer. So a lot of time, that's when I go crazy. I say, this is my tree now. I'm going to do something fun with it. 
And, and Granny, let me just yeah. say this to you. That is the perfect time. You said there's a downslope between you know spring and the summer, and that is exactly when there should be Ants Day. Now, there is an Aunt and Uncle's Day, which is bullshit. Pardon me. We shouldn't have to share. July 26th should be one or the other. Why is it Ants and Uncle's Day? Exactly. Yeah, what if you're not in a relationship with an uncle? Number one. Number two, what if what if you wanted to be two aunts, two uncles? Are and you- number three. Yeah. Sorry, Megs. Number three, uncles are almost always not good people. Yeah. At the peak, sometimes they're benign. Having just last week spoken to the best uncle that ever existed in the history of the world. Yeah, you're fanning yourself off again. Somebody's got a spaghetti date coming up this week. I can't wait to hear how this shakes out. We'll catch you up. First of all, I was going to say exactly that. So interrupt me all the time because probably it's going to be the exact same thing, right? But also in the springtime, I think pitches and catches report, spring training, get some base, get, get some baseball stuff up there. I love the start of spring because I, I love baseball season. You love it. Oh, God. You love the time before the time. It feels like Christmas Eve. And that's why you get a tree. You decorate for the feeling, not the season. Exactly. Also, when you said life's a beach, I wrote down this and tell me what we should do with it. Should I stop printing things? Because you know how I sunburn. I burn so easily in the summer. Terrible. Like lobster pie. Uh Uh-huh. I wrote down the phrase, life's a beach, and then you fry. That's... (gasps) That's actually perfect. You just wrote that. Look, life's the beach, then you fry. We gotta, you gotta capitalize on that. Cause, cause what if you see that tomorrow somewhere? You gotta figure out what that goes on. Aprons, probably. Uh, beach towels. A poncho, a poncho. Oh my God. She's got it. Greeny's got it. A poncho. Oh my gosh. I just thought of this. I, you know, I loved Don Quixote. I love that book. What if I open up a little, tiny, just a kiosk, but I called it Poncho Villa. Oh I'm so excited. Hold on. You guys talk. I got to go to the bathroom. Now she's got to make sure that she writes this down, takes a picture of it next to a newspaper so she can timestamp this idea. I have to tell you, she is a font of this. If font means fountain, which I feel, anyway, she's a fountain of these things. She really is. And I keep telling her, you got to, she's writing them in this notebook. She's got to do something with it. So Greeny, I would appreciate it. You know, Pancho Villa is so, because Americans are already saying Pancho Villa anyway. They don't even know there's a Villa. You know, she's got to get on this. She has to. She has to seize the day. Carpe dem. She's got to go and get it. And now this is a great idea. She could have a shop down by the beach. She could go down to Cape or something. Open up a shop. Only open after baseball season starts and before you start putting apples on the tree. This is a perfect idea for her. She's so lonely. We got to convince her that this is the way. Yeah, this is a good idea. We can. I'm back. <sighs> got so excited. We are thrilled by what we have heard about Poncho Villa. Oh my gosh, thank you guys. What's the next step there, Max? I don't know. What is this SoundCloud? Would that be the next step? Yeah, I think you're right on there. If I may, and I'm not, you know, I'm not as worldly as the two of you, but SoundCloud, I think, is the thing where the sounds go, where you could put them in some place. Now I'm going to say, I don't know about that. Oh. I don't know if that is the next, I think it's a step, but maybe like, why don't you write down Pancho Villa on a piece of paper, put it in an envelope and send it to yourself. That way it's dated. And that's how you do a patent, I think. Oh, Pat's right about that. I thought you were going to say, write it down on a piece of paper, light that paper on fire, let it go off into the ether. No, don't. No, no, no. No, that's witchcraft and crazy talk. 
you don't want to let it go. You want to hold on to it, you know, and because you've been looking for something fun to do for Megs, right? You actually want to hold it closer to you. Maybe you, you send a letter to yourself. Oh, I got something you could do. Go on the internet, find a fun font. A letter type. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. This is endless possibilities. Oh, I just had an idea because we were just talking about this. What about a place where you go to get the way the letters look called a font of fonts? Font, fountain. Oh, open it next to Poncho Villa. Oh, God, we're getting two kiosks. Now, I think I do have a kiosk myself. You know I love music. Why don't I open up a place called SoundCloud? I'll sell music. <gasps> oh, I love that. What kind of music? Any and all? Some will be excluded, but, you know, most. Most musics. Honestly, if I opened up a SoundCloud myself and I had to pick what kind of music to exclude, it would be smooth jazz, number one, first, out. Yeah, no one needs it. Smooth jazz. For what? That's for waiting. I want music for doing. Do you guys remember, and here I go again on my own. <laughs> Do you guys remember in the original Kevin Bacon Footloose? There's a song that he's training to. Never, 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 never find your song. Whatever. Whatever the words are, they're so good. You guys should hear them. That's the kind of music I would imagine you would sell at SoundCloud. It's like something good's happening. Somebody's working out in an abandoned factory or something that no teen should have access to. And it's just inspiring. It makes you want to get up and go. It's only music from montages from my favorite movies. You and I are cut from the same cloth. We are the same leg of a pair of dungarees. The three of us are, are one, one pair of pants. Mm-hmm. I'm the front part of the pants. <gasps> I'm the, I'm the, and I'm, re- I'm taking this back. I'm the front butt. Front butt's natural. Everyone gets a front butt. And if I see a woman over 45 without a front butt, you know what? Where are you keeping it? You're keeping it somewhere else. I'm telling you right now, you have a front butt somewhere free in your body. Yeah, I've seen those ads on Instagram where the woman has her front butt out. She pulls up this seal skin and her front butt's gone. I don't trust it. I don't believe it. And you know, I always report those ads. I learned how to do that. I'll tell you what. And I say market is harmful. This is also how I feel about Spanx. You shouldn't hold your body in like that. It should be able to move. I don't like the idea of your organs being compacted like that. No. Now, now tell me this, though. When we first had Spanx, you know, and everyone's using them, I thought we were all going to get taller. Yeah, because it's got to go somewhere. Like I've told Mags, I've only gotten shorter. You know what it is? You're not drinking enough milk. The Spanx are cracking all your bones, and they're making them small. Did you know that when a baby's born, they got all their teeth in there already? They just need to come through? Or did you think that there was, like, little empty trays in there, like tooth spots, and when you drink milk, that's where the milk goes, and it saves it like an ice maker? I thought they were ice cube trays in your jaw where the calcium went that made your teeth. Wow. That's a good theory, though. Thank you. I know a woman who never got her adult teeth. I had my front baby teeth until I was 26. Yeah, we know that. They were so small. Those pictures are something else entirely. And I say that with love. But that's why you need adult teeth. We're used to seeing them. You expect one thing. And then when you see the other, it's like, holy crap. What happened in there? It did make your lips look huge. You look like Angelina Jolie if she fell on another Angelina Jolie. Yep. They were everywhere. Your front teeth used to look like that tiny pasta that you put into soup. You know what I'm talking about? A china de pepe? Yeah, the tiny, tiny, tiny little pastas that you put into soup. That's the balls. No. You talking about orzo, the little rice ones? No. I'm talking about something different. Fajol? I don't know now, maybe. No, they're sold by Prince Spaghetti, and they're tiny little specks of pasta. And you dump them in, and they don't puff. They kind of stay the same shape, but they retain some water. 
I know the feeling. Do you want me to text my niece and she'll look it up? I'm going to get on Yahoo. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google it. Go on Yahoo, Google it, and then tell us what comes up. Because I got to know. Does that go in the fajol? That means beans. Fajol means beans. I've always thought that what's in that fajol was, was pasta. It's beans, is what you're saying, which explains a lot. Pasta e fajoli. Pasta and beans. Okay, now I always thought fajolis meant testicles. Why do they call it fajolis when you're on a road trip at a plaza and you stop at a fajolis and they don't have fajolis? Are you talking about fazolis? Is that what it is? Fajol has a G. It's a G-I-O-L-E. But have you ever had the white sauce? From where? From fazolis. She loves a white sauce, Pat. I like white sauce because it's never spicy. Sometimes I'll get a red sauce and it tastes like salsa. Are you sure you're just not eating salsa? For all I know, I am eating salsa. But I feel like it's always an Italian food. And then all of a sudden I'm like, is this salsa? And then everyone has a good old laugh that I had to ask if it was salsa. And I was like, no. Somebody's doing a prank on you. I didn't know that marinara sauce should be spicy. I'm sorry. Well, there is a marinara sauce called arrabbiata. That's with like a little spice in it. So maybe you have that, but I can't imagine if Fazoli's has arrabbiata sauce. Oh, this wasn't at a Fazoli's. This was at a, eh, a mom and pop. I thought you were going to say like a Chi-Chi's because you could have had a Chi-Chi's and they just put salsa on there. I used to get the Mexican pizza there. So that's probably what happened. I thought arrabbiata. I thought now that was that woman who has that cooking show. Yeah. What is her name? It's arrabbiata. Arrabbiata. That, is that the Barefoot Contessa? Maybe it is the Achini de Pepe, but there's one smaller. There should always be. There should be a size for everyone. It's a selective size. This is pasta and pasta fajol. Yeah. So there's beans and there's pasta in it. Yeah. Okay. There should be. Otherwise, it would just be fajol. So if I order fajol, people would hand me beans. I would wonder what they would do. It depends on where you are. I've never been to Italy, but I have been to Epcot. Might be worth looking up. What would they do at Epcot? That's a good test. That's the true way. You know, they say you got to go experience the world. I say you got to go experience Epcot Center. Yeah, before you go anywhere. Yeah, there's a reason it's called the World Showcase. Hello. It's all the best things the world has to offer right there. That little lake around Epcot, it's called the Seven Seas Lagoon. Is that where the alligator ate the child? No, that was at a resort near the Grand Floridian, I believe. Uh, Well, I was going to ask this because we were at the ground round. And something that's interesting about being an aunt is with your nieces and nephews. How picky are your nieces and nephews in terms of what they like to eat? I would love to hear about your nieces and nephews and kind of how you relate to them, Greenie. Take us to your happy place. Take us to your nieces and nephews. Well, I'm opening up the treasure chest and I'm seeing my little gold pieces. And that's my niece and nephew, Neil and Neela. They are a crown of gold that I wear with pride. Neil and Neela, you said, are they twins? They are not twins. They are very far apart in age. One is in his 50s and the other is 23. How old are you? Okay. I'm a little older than I look. So how old do I look? I will play this game with anyone. A lot of people are afraid of it. I'm not. I've got a gift for it. If I'm wrong, punish me, but not in a sex way. All right. I'm going to make you wear those pervert glasses and then I'm going to make you go pee outside. Let's see. Then you'll be on the registry. I walked right into that. Oh, God. Well, once you're on that registry, you can't get off. I don't know about that. So here's my guess. Now, if I'm under, no pervert glasses. If I'm over, pervert glasses for a month. Okay, so this is Price is Right rules. Yeah, but I'm not going to one-dollar you because I know you're older than one. All right. I'm going to say you are 47. Wow. I got egg on my face. You're right. You're exactly right. Thank God. So your nephew is 53. Yeah, he's older than me. That must be a big gap then with you and your siblings that had 
the child that's 53. No. Full stop. That's fair. We're still pretty close in age, actually. I tell you, not everybody grows up at the same rate. In some cultures, you're a man at 13. So my brother did what he had to do. Wow, your brother sired a child at 13. Babies having babies. He's a little older than that, but not much. But we're fine with it. I don't get the math, but I don't want to. Is he a picky eater, your nephew? Oh, so picky. He is in his 50s, and he's never not had something that wasn't a chicken nugget. When will someone realize that there's so much more to chicken than just a nugget? And I feel like that's a metaphor for all of us. We're reduced to nugget form. There's breasts and thighs and legs and hearts and other parts that you don't eat. That's the thing about chicken nuggets. You don't want to eat broccoli or peas or carrots, but you're fine with snacking on some chicken's butthole all mashed up. Butthole, hearts, eyeballs, fingers, all in a chicken nugget. It's a salad of chicken pots. Mouth agape, rendered speechless. Is a chicken nugget a butthole? There's butthole in there. Oh, I thought a butthole was, you know, a void. There's a ring. Oh, you're talking about sphincter? It's sphincter, uh, chicken sphincters? Chicken sphincters. That's what we think of children as a society. Here's your sphincters. Oh, God. This made me really emotional because you think you prepared for hearing things like that about hot dogs, which we all know I haven't eaten a hot dog since 1998 and I, I will never go back again. When we're talking about chicken, I never would have prepared myself to hear that we're serving kids chicken sphincters and some adults. What in the world? I think Mags just needs a moment here because this is personal for her. Yeah, I feel this one. Now, real quick, is your nephew married? Uh, my nephew is married. Okay. Uh, and That's and, good. I don't yeah. need to know more about that. That's all right. Yeah. Just checking. Yeah, my nephew's married. I'm not. Me either. I like my time to be mine, you know? I just want to say one thing. We're telling people, children even, here, take this Happy Meal and eat it. Eat ass, we're telling kids. I wish, I okay, I wish that was the message then because we got to normalize stuff like that. Eat ass. You know what? Keep the sphincters in there. Let the kids eat them. They're not getting hurt. And then tell them, eat ass. And then later when someone says, eat ass, eat my ass, eat his ass, eat your ass, eat their ass, you do it because you're like, I have fond memories of this. It's comforting to me. It's a childhood. It came with a toy. Now, I won't do that myself. You're well within your rights not to, but we're not going to call it weird. I'm not going to sex shame anyone. That's not a thing here. Sex shouldn't be a shameful thing. It should be a great, wonderful thing. It's just don't bring that into my chicken nuggets. Yeah. How about this? You should know if you're eating ass. Yes. But now that you know, does it change the joy you experienced? This is going to have to be case by case because I don't know if I could bring a nugget to my mouth again in good conscience. I don't know if I could let that touch my lips. You don't have to let it touch your lips. Put it on your tongue. Bypass the lips. The lips are too sensitive. Just put it right on the tongue? In the back of your mouth. Ah, I gag. I can't. So what do you think, Greeny? We're talking about your nieces and your nephews. What's some advice you'd give to someone? Because we got a lot of ants listening to this podcast or people who one day become ants or people who aspire to be ants or people who are the type of ant where it's, uh, I'm a friend of people who got kids and all of a sudden I'm an ant. What's some advice that you give that's worked out for you as an ant? All right. The first thing I got to say is those aren't your kids. That's hard, but I hear you. That's a hard one. If you take a kid for the summer, you can really do some damage if you don't take proper care of them. When I was seven or eight, I took care of Neil for a summer because his parents were going away. Now, Neil at this time was 12? He was 19. That's a huge responsibility for a seven-year-old to take care of a 19-year-old. It's a sacrifice you make when you sign up for aunt camp. I don't say aunt. I say aunt, but I wish there was a camp. 
for artboarding. Yeah, you need the training because I didn't tell Neil. I didn't force him. I didn't tell him. I said, didn't say nothing. And he didn't brush his teeth for the entire summer. Now we come to August and whose teeth are rotten out of his head? My nephew. That's my fault. I carry that shame with me. Now, in that case, don't you wish the ice cube tray thing was true? Oh, I just fill it right back up. So, you know, you're not their parents. So you, you can't just say to them, you don't have to brush your teeth all summer. You got to say, you got to do the things that you're supposed to do. That's number one. I learned that the hard way. Two, never introduce a boyfriend to a child as their uncle. That one's so tricky because here you are, a young aunt. You're putting yourself out there. Yeah, in your case, very young. I'm in seventh grade. My first boyfriend. I'm telling Neil, this is your uncle, Kevin. Seventh grade. That's, that's hard too. I was 16. My first serious girlfriend, I was 27. I mean, there were more in between there. I could have, I would have been introducing too many people and not that I was promiscuous. And even if I was, that wasn't a bad thing. If you're promiscuous, great. We respect you. You should have autonomy over your body. We love that. Be with who you want to be as long as you're careful. That's why I tell the kids. Yeah, it's fun to be fun, you know? How do you introduce somebody into the life of a niece and nephew or gender nonconforming familial love? I think you just call them by their name. That's why that movie's called that. You just tell them. You don't assume a familial station in life for, like, a Kevin who you date for four days in the seventh grade, and then he never calls you back. I've got a note right next to my phone that says, do you like me? Checkbox. Yes. No. Underneath it says, why don't you talk to me anymore? Or let's talk. And I've got an unchecked note right here, and I shouldn't have done that to Neil, you know? Should have just introduced him as Kevin, not this is your uncle Kevin. Mistake. To do, you didn't know. You didn't know. know. This is useful for me because you know I don't like uncles. You know they're not my first number one priority. But I gotta say, this is making me think about sometimes people are foisted into unclehood before they're ready or without their consent. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's, uh, that's, I'm going to take a good hard look at myself in that, in that way. Let me ask you this. And this is something I never thought of. And Greeny, of course, weigh in because your opinion is gold, as gold as those nuggets in your chest. If nuggets, damn. Pat, would you expect your nieces and nephews, if they ran across Ron, to call him Uncle Ron still? Was he stripped of the title because of the divorce? This is a lot now. You take your time with this one, Pat. I'm going to be fair to Ron. Why? Well, he's not, okay. He was never really an uncle in the way that you would want someone to be an uncle. So I would say if those kids saw him and called him Uncle Ron, a piece of me would die and fall off. So unless you're the kind of person who's going to show up and be there, I don't think Ron even remembers those kids anymore. He would date one of them. Oh, geez. Oh, God. Ron, you sick bastard. And I'm going to, here's the thing. Uh Uh-oh, hinges came off the door. You never treated my friend well. I could never stand you. Sometimes we'd have to look across from each other. You go, we go out to dinner, you and I, we go to Chili's, we go to Applebee's, wherever we go. Sometimes I'd look across the way and I'd see Ron's stupid, ungrateful face looking back at me, taking most of the tortilla chips, mistreating you, and I'm furious and I don't remember what I was going to say. But I will tell you this, over my dead entire ass, will those kids call him Uncle Ron? Now, if I have anything to say about it, this is what we do. We call the United States military and we tell them there is a sleeper cell of terrorisms at Ron's house. And this is how we get rid of them. Sleeper cell? How about sleeping around at my best friend? How about that for a sleeper cell? He, there is a sleeper cell of terrorism. I hate him. Max. What? I'm going to throw up. Max, Max, Pancho Villa.
Ron is the past and Pancho Villa is the future. I love your anger. I know how much you love me, but keep your eyes looking forward. Pancho Villa. God willing, I never see Ron again. I so help me God. So help me God. I dare him to run into me. I dare him to run into me. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give him my schedule. I'll tell him where I'm going to be. I dare that SOB to run into me. Life's a beach and then you fry. That's what we're going to tell him, huh? We'll light him on fire, okay? This is what you do to people you don't like. You get a uh, wooden stake, you get some gasoline and hairspray, tie him up and you light him on fire. Uh, you know who does that? In the, remember the movie Girls Just Want to Have Fun? When Lynn Stone is breaking Janie Mullane out of the out of her apartment, she flips upside down the rope, she's got a hair. The dog comes at her and she says, eat flame, bozo, and she lights the hairspray on the thing. Okay. I am your Lynn Stone, you are my Janie Malene, and somehow you're going to get on dance TV as a star, as a regular, and I'm going to get on dance TV as the new Ricky, and this is all going to work out. You can be the host. Greeny, you want to be the host of dance TV? I honestly would want to be that baby who sits in the pizza, because you know what? I would love a pizza that is so big, I could sit in it. Stinky Limsky is the name of that baby. Yeah, yeah, little Stinky Limsky, yeah. Well, that image is kind of the perfect way to end our conversation today. I got to say this, you know, I didn't think today would be so emotional, but I'm glad because all this needed to come out, you know, and this is, this is the nature of being an aunt, being friends with ants, you know, I, I couldn't be more grateful, Greeny, yeah. that you're here today. You really, you took care of things. Like I said before, you call things out, you're upfront and honest, you know, yeah. you you're, you're, you look at life with a critical eye, and that's something I aspire to do as well. Yeah, you got to have a, a critical eye because no one knows better than you what you're looking at. And in that regard, then, maybe get LASIK. All right. Well, surgeries like that are against my religion. I'm supposed to turn the other cheek on my eyes failing me. Are my eyes failing me or am I a Doubting Thomas and I just don't believe in my eyes? See what I'm getting at? You know who you are? St. Lucy. Santa Lucia herself. She walks around with her eyes on that little plate. Oh, that's right. Yes. And you know who she needs? She needs St. Joseph. You want to know why? You say St. Joseph, St. Joseph, lost and found. Please let my eyes come around. And she find her eyes. That's a good place to end it, huh? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Uh, Pat, you got a mantra for this week, right? Yeah, we're going to uh, close out like we normally do with a mantra. The mantra for this week is, if you want to know what your parent was like at your age, ask your aunt. She knows all the secrets. And that is true. That is the, the books aunts could write. The books we will write. And we'll sell them on a little rack at Pancho Villa. And at SoundCloud. And what was yours called? A font of fonts. Aunt Greeny. Yeah. You're lovely. We love you very much. Oh, I've had a marvelous time. I honestly have. Come down the Cape anytime. We'll cook out. Life's a beach. And then you fry. Love you, Greenie. Love ya. Love you, Pat. Hi there. Thanks for listening to Those Who Went to Baby Makers Podcast, starring Colleen Doyle as your aunt's Pat and Dana Curcioli as your auntie Mags. If you liked this podcast, and how could you not, please subscribe, rate, and review us. The role of Aunt Greenie was played by Kylie Fitzgerald, who, when asked what she wanted to plug in this outro, replied, tell them I've been fighting racists. So you can catch Kylie fighting racists every day, especially on Facebook. Our theme song was performed by The Cues, and you can follow them at The Cues Music on Instagram. Follow Those Who Went on Instagram and Twitter, and if you have any questions for the ants, email us at thosewhoants at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy, wear a mask, and for God's sakes, come on, just call your ants.